Good afternoon, Rich Das, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast. This week, my Embedded Executive is Jeff Chow. He is the CEO of Sonatus, and if you haven't heard from, haven't heard about them, they do software for automobiles, and I'm going to get way more into that in just a minute. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. So the thing that intrigued me is that I saw something where you guys are developing the software-defined automobile. What the heck does that mean? Wow, you know, that's a great question. And I think if you ask 10 people in this industry, you'll get about 20 different answers. Hey, that's my line. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess I've been uh, listening to your podcast then. (laughs) But what does it mean to you? Well, you know, uh, my background comes from the world of tech. So, uh, uh, you know, I've been developing a lot of infrastructure and software for uh, cloud and service provider and enterprise data centers. So I think uh, I have a slightly different view of what a software defined vehicle means. Um, If you look at software defined technologies, they really did come out of the data center, you know, only within the last 10, 15 years. So people might have heard of software-defined networks and software-defined storage and software-defined cloud. So it's probably in the industry, you've heard of people talking about it, like the features of a vehicle is going to be in software, um, or we've got millions of lines of code in our vehicle, so more of the value is going to software. Yeah, that's all true. We believe that. But I think um, if you look at what a software defined technology in uh, the world of tech really means, it really means, you know, being able to uh, observe what's going on, being able to analyze what's going on and recognize events, being able to uh, react to what's going on and doing it with as little human intervention as possible, because you have to do all of these things uh, in real time. So it's 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 about having software and the architecture enabling uh, whoever is operating this thing, whether it's a vehicle or a cloud or a data center, to be able to react in real time. So not in days, not in months, but in real time. And in order to do that, you've got to be able to observe, you got to be able to recognize, you got to be able to act, and you've got to be able to ultimately automate. Okay, so, so that to us is what a software-defined vehicle means. Let me make this a little more tangible then. What features and functions are you doing in software that had traditionally been done in hardware? Well, that's the thing. I think uh, a lot of the features and functions we're doing have never been done in hardware. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like introducing new capabilities uh, that will run in hardware. So, you know, how many times have you been able to, in, in, in you know, the history of the automobile, been able to react in real time without a human present, right? And I'm not just talking about uh, autonomous vehicle, but there are many other things. Like, for example, security. It, it, if somebody is breaking into your car, and I'm not talking physically breaking in, but now you're talking about mm-hmm. network break-ins or wireless break-ins, right? And you see YouTube videos all the time of people hijacking cars. Well, what happens if you have somebody who's trying to break in through Bluetooth and once they get in the car, they get into the OEM's cloud and now can affect the fleet, right? So what a software defined vehicle needs to be able to do is know what's going on inside a vehicle, recognize there's an intruder, 
uh, and shut it down before it becomes a real problem, right? And this is, you know, security is one example, but there are many others. Let's say there's a problem with your car, you know, operationally uh, on the road, only when certain things are happening, like it's raining outside, or there's a pothole coming up, right? Or something is going on and your, your engine is making knocking noises. Well, somebody's got to be able to recognize what's going on and do something about it. Maybe the owner gets the text that, hey, something is, is kind of funny going on with your car, or the dealer gets uh, an alert that maybe there's a missing recall or something. So these are all kind of new capabilities that what we call a digital automobile needs to be able to do that traditional cars in the past haven't been able to do. And you can't do this with hardware. It's got to be software. So what, what you're talking about is extremely compute intensive ex with an emphasis on extremely. Um, do we have the processing capability to do that stuff? And then my second question is, there's just so many things that can potentially go wrong. Um, are we just opening ourselves up to more and more things that might go wrong? That, those are great questions. And uh, the, the answer here is, it, 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 depending on what you want to do, it can take a lot of processing power, but it doesn't have to. I mean, we realize that uh, OEMs and suppliers, this is the transformation of their vehicles and their technologies is a journey. It's not going to happen overnight. And frankly, when you go to the dealer and you go buy a car, one of the things you look at is the sticker price. So if you start sticking a supercomputer in these vehicles, I mean, people are not going to pay for that. So, uh, you know, whatever software architecture and solution you come up with better be able to work on lower powered ECUs, MCUs, you know, processors in a vehicle. Uh, the thing about it is then there's a trade-off between what your car can do and what your car cannot do. And, you know, that's where suppliers and automakers need to figure out what those trade-offs are. So I think, you know, there are steps from where we are today to the holy grail, where you don't have to, you know, stick in an extremely high-powered supercomputer in your vehicle. Uh, and as vehicles become more digitally capable, uh, then of course, eventually you'll have more and more hardware uh, in, your, in your car, but people aren't ready to pay for all of that yet. So this is a journey. And that's one of the reasons why I think this industry is so exciting because it is a time of great disruption uh, and it's not necessarily going to happen overnight, but it's going to happen within the next few years, right? Five, 10 years. That's what this transformation is going to um, uh, evolve. Okay. Um... There are so many people who are looking to find fault with what, I won't say with what you, you're doing specifically, but you know, the, the Teslas of the world, you go out on Twitter or YouTube, you'll just see people are railing against them constantly. Um, is there a fear that um, you, know, you have this company you're the CEO of and people are just trying to say, this isn't safe, don't do it. Don't let these guys anywhere near, what, anywhere near your car. What do you think of that? Well, I, we definitely hear all of that. And I think, uh, you know, anytime you have new technology coming into any industry, you're definitely going to have growing pains. Um, but, uh, 
you know, then you got to pick where you're innovating and where you're pushing the envelope. And, uh, you know, I just want to make one thing clear is, is we're, we're not pushing a autonomous vehicle envelope. There's a lot of things you can, a lot of capabilities you can bring into the vehicle that isn't necessarily related to safety, right? So pushing the safety boundary is a little risky. And I understand all of the, um, uh, the negativity around that sometimes. Um, as well as the, the positive. Uh, but there are a lot of things that you can innovate and advance in a vehicle that isn't necessarily safety or drivetrain related, right? Security was one of the things, right, that I just mentioned. That's not necessarily a safety thing, but uh, it's, it's more of a, it, it's a security thing where if you get it wrong, okay, it's not necessarily that somebody's going to die unless somebody does take over your car, but really it's more preventative uh, than anything else. If anything, it's going to improve safety, right? So, but there are other things that you could potentially do. Think about being able to add new features in your vehicle, right? On the fly, uh, in real time, when somebody comes up with a great idea uh, about, you know, hey, it would be great if I could push a button and that one button in my car, I can reprogram to do all sorts of neat things. The car knows what time of year it is. So it knows whether it's winter or summer and it plays the right music and it heats up my seats or cools down my seats in the right way. But I, let's say I can make that all programmable, right? So uh, that doesn't necessarily affect safety, but it's new capabilities that a car can do. And I think, you know, this is the trade-off that OEMs and tier ones have to, to have to make when they're looking at introducing these new capabilities in their cars. Very cool stuff. We could talk about this for a long time, but I'm afraid we have to come to a close here. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time, Jeff. Is Ab absolutely. Let's let's do this again. I, I could probably uh, speak for hours and hours and days and days, and, and then you'll we'll have your <laughs> audience tune out. <laughs> Very good. That was Jeff Chow. He is the CEO and founder of Sonatus, and I am Rich Nass with Open Systems Media.